Hey everyone, it's Allison here with New Little Life. I'm an internationally board certified lactation consultant, a nurse, a doula, and a mom of three little boys. Here on the New Little Life podcast, we'll talk with real moms about their breastfeeding experience, the good parts and the bad, and share real and practical advice about breastfeeding. Connect with and learn from other moms and professionals to help you meet your breastfeeding goals. everybody. I'm glad you're back here on the new Little Life podcast. Today's interview is with an old friend, Caroline, who is a military spouse and a mom of two little boys. We first met in Oklahoma where I got to know her as her doula, and I'm sad the military took us apart too quickly because she is a wonderful and fun person. We could have had a lot of good times together. That's military life, though. I think I've said that before on the podcast that takes me away from wonderful people too quickly. She talks with us today about her breastfeeding experience, mostly with her first son, where she had a few, to say the least, difficulties. Food intolerances, anemia, and she opens up about some mental health struggles that I think you will really relate to. I always appreciate it when my guests answer questions in a real and vulnerable way. I know it's not always easy for them, and sometimes it's hard for me to ask the difficult questions, but I think that this is part of us all kind of being in this together. It takes a village to raise a child, and I think it also takes a village to raise a mother. So I hope that you can relate a little bit to her If you've had some of these same feelings, especially when times are hard, just know that you're not alone and that we're all here to support you. And many moms have felt very similarly. So let's jump over and chat with Caroline. Caroline, I'm so excited to talk to you today. I think I say that every time, but I really am looking forward to this chat. It's been a few years since we've connected. It has about three. (laughs) Has it been that long? Yeah, good old, good old days back in Lawton, Oklahoma. Oh, Oklahoma. <laughs> so many memories. Good times. Only good okay. memories. Yes, for me as well. Yes, yes. You got to start out and tell me like what you're doing now. Tell us about your um, family. Give us the quick Caroline in, in one minute. Um, I don't have a whole lot day to day going on these days, just hanging out with my babies. So um, I'm a military spouse and that means traveling a lot. and um, lots of deployments, lots of time parenting alone, et cetera. So um, I stay home with our, we have two boys, a three-year-old and an eight-month-old. And um, so I just, I am staying home with them. And that's kind of what is filling my time right now. Traditionally, I'm a teacher, but um, just decided in the lifestyle and with all the deployments in the past couple of years, we, we just, I needed to be staying at home. So that's, yeah. That's basically it for right now. Yeah. Especially with young kids, I feel like it's so hard to Yeah. It's sometimes it's just easier and more cost effective just to stay home with them and Exactly. And yeah. um Thomas actually, that's my husband, just got back uh from a deployment um a couple okay. months ago. And so he was gone through the end of my pregnancy with our youngest and then um for the birth and everything, because like with COVID and everything, he just wasn't able to come home. So I actually moved back home with our parents for a while. And um, so just not having a job during kind of like those big transitional phases was helpful as well because it gave me the flexibility to really see what we needed to be taken care of. 
So that was So nice. he wasn't home for the birth. Did he get to come home and meet the baby or was he six months old when he met him? Um, he did get to come home in July, I believe. So I think Nate was about two months old at the time. Okay. Um, which was, that was like a unique challenge, I would say. But, um, and then we were able to go visit him again one more time before he came back. He came back in October. So okay. it, was, it was definitely a unique experience to have a toddler and a new baby. And the new baby hadn't even like ever met his dad before. So that was weird. Right. Was yeah. he able to FaceTime in for the birth or anything he like that? He did FaceTime in for the birth. Um, but as you know, because you were in my first birth, um, yeah. Tom's super squeamish. So yeah. he <laughs> was like, you know, he was like camera up further, like just your face. <laughs> Um, so, you know, he like was able to watch, but I don't know that it was a really impactful experience cause he could only see me. So such a weird thing. I interviewed yeah. a mom like last week, same thing. Her husband, well, he missed it by two days. He was coming home for his little 10 day oh leave gosh. or whatever. And yeah, was a little bit late and uh, just so weird. She's like, yeah, he was watching it on FaceTime, like in the common room. And that's crazy. It's just weird. Yes. You know? Luckily he had a private room to watch, but, um, and it was a very like gentle labor, not very, there was like not a lot of drama or anything. So um, there wasn't, I mean, like, I think I pushed for like 10 minutes. And so it was very, there wasn't like a whole lot to, to watch long-term kind of thing. So he just literally, we called him when I, when the doctor came in and was like, all right, let's push girlfriend. And then um, hung up a couple minutes after he was born. Yeah. So crazy. Military life. I, if you just it's don't unique. know until you're in it. Yeah, it's I, definitely unique. We did not grow up knowing anyone in the military. When when my husband joined the military, that was not the plan either. He was a music teacher. Yeah. And our families were just like, you've got to be kidding me. They, And it was scary for us too. We had no experience. Yeah. Did you come from a military family? You or Tom? I did not. Tom did though. Um, okay. So he grew up. That's how he ended up in our hometown is there's a military base there as well. Oh. So he grew up in the military, his dad retired probably when he was in like seventh grade, maybe. So the kind of those middle teen years. And then, um, but I did not. And I honestly, like I knew nothing about it until I was a little bit older. And then it's been a, it's an experience. So yeah. It's a unique lifestyle for sure. Yes. And Tom's been um, deployed like four times. So I know every time I see like a homecoming picture, I'm like, Oh my gosh, he was gone again? Yes. So Stop. It's been um, a unique challenge, I would say. I've spent a lot of um, my like parenthood years doing that kind of solo, which is, but also not like totally supported, but also solo physically. And so mm-hmm. um, that's been an interesting and unique challenge in itself, which yeah. is special. Wow. All right. Yeah. Man. Well, let's dive into your breastfeeding experience yeah. a little bit. Let's start with your first little Luke uh-huh. and let's just start at the beginning. Um, okay. You can start with the birther you want or just kind of those first few days, first week, wherever you want. Okay. Um, well, so just a little bit, maybe a background. I always knew that I wanted to at least attempt to breastfeed. Um, I just kind of like grew up around it and I was the youngest in my family of many kids, but then I had a lot of older siblings. And so they, I grew up getting to like witness them do it. So when I was pregnant. So you'd seen breastfeeding before and. 
Definitely. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that I had like necessarily seen it actively a whole lot because, um, like it wasn't, my sisters like weren't sitting there like with their shirts up or anything, but, um, so I, I didn't witness it a lot, but I witnessed it a but lot. That was just like the way, way you feed babies yeah. kind of thing. Exactly. Okay. And all of us were breastfed by my mom. So, um, when I got pregnant with Luke, I knew that I wanted to, um, at least attempt to breastfeed. So with him, I went ahead and took a breastfeeding class or a local hospital, um, which was an interesting experience because when you take a breastfeeding class, you don't have a baby yet. So you're like trying to, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. figure out all of these things, but yet you have no experience with how little babies actually move and act. Um, but I went ahead and took a breastfeeding class and then I worked with you a bit as well. And um, yeah, just started nursing him after he was born pretty, um, like there weren't a lot of issues. I did. I mean, I had like, I would say the typical stuff like, um, cracked nipples, a little bit of bleeding, stuff like that, but nothing too dramatic and nothing that didn't clear up in a couple of weeks. Um, but then when he got a little bit older, then we ran into some issues. But, um, at first, yeah, it was just kind of an assumption that I wanted to do it and that I wanted to, um, you know, and it just wasn't super dramatic or anything. Yeah. Do you remember, did you see like a lactation consultant or anything like that to help I you in did. the first couple of weeks, get over some of those just learning curves? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I did. I saw one in the hospital. Oh, well, so that's the other thing. Um, I think it was his first night. Maybe he was, he actually was taken to the NICU for, um, a breathing, something with breathing. And so, you know, that was kind of a, a hard thing at first because I mean, it was like, I was exhausted. So a little bit, I was like, yeah, okay. okay. But (laughs) yeah, 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 yeah. And then, um, but then at the same time, it kind of hindered that like connection and being able to see his cues and stuff. But when I went into the NICU, a lactation consultant actually came with me because I wasn't able to get him to latch at first. So there was not an instant, like he latched and it was great kind of a thing. Um, but she came in and actually did the whole, like took the boob and got it in there. And and that was like a game changing moment where I actually saw what I had learned in the breastfeeding class, then translate to actual, um, what it looks like with an actual baby. So they helped me then. And then I actually went back for a follow-up a week later at the hospital as well. And they did like a weigh in and they watched him eat. And, um, I think that was standard at that Oklahoma hospital, um, to try to have every breastfeeding mom come back a week later, which I really appreciated and enjoyed because, um, it's lonely that first week and it's yeah. difficult. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's great. So mm-hmm. about when did you start having some of these other problems that you had with your first one? So you got so the latch were... figured out and then it was it kind of smooth sailing. When did you start hitting some bumps? Well, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, it wasn't, I guess it wasn't like perfectly with Nate. Yeah. So with my second one, it was smooth sailing. Like it was the natural breastfeeding journey that you picture in your mind, that's how it was with Nate. And I think part of that was experience. And part of that was, um, he just latched and didn't have any of the Some food babies problems. Just get it, huh? yeah. yeah, exactly. With Luke, it was not as much. And also I was in a much uh, more difficult place with Luke. I had had a pretty severe postpartum hemorrhage. Yep. And so I was, um, very anemic and very tired and was really struggling, um, with my emotions with that too, just because it was like such traumatic physical event. Um, 
so I actually remember with Luke that first week was so hard emotionally. And there was one night, um, when I was breastfeeding him alone during the night. And also like as a new mom, you don't know how much you should be waking up to feed them or how much you should let them whine, stuff like that. And so I went in to feed him one night. I hadn't slept in days. And, um, I just remember like, this was probably the lowest point of my journey where I was like, I don't think I can do this anymore. I think that I need to give him a bottle. It was like probably two or three in the morning. And I literally was thinking to myself, like, do you think fire stations actually take babies? Because I, I just was so overwhelmed and so done with it. So, um, that's when I actually, I went and woke my mom up and then she came in and helped me. And luckily I had that support, but it, that was probably like the lowest point of that journey in the first week. Um, and then after that, things got a little bit better and then he had some food sensitivities. And so then things got hard again, but yeah, I don't know if that answered your question at all, but yeah, I think, do you remember what day that was ish when it was, not the so we were discharged from the hospital with Luke at 11 p.m., which was uh 10 out of 10 would not recommend no, leaving that's... the hospital in the middle of the night with your first baby. Don't do it if they tell you to do it, say no, <laughs> don't do it. Um, but so it was not that first night, but it was the second night that we were home, so he was probably okay. three or four days old, yeah. Um, and I hadn't slept in those three or four days, so that was that was a uniquely humbling experience as a mother, just being totally overwhelmed and being like, I can't, I don't know that I can do this, but I could. And I did. (laughs) So that's (laughs) right. This is motherhood. We just do it. Yeah. But I'm glad that you asked for support. And I don't Mm -hmm. think it's uncommon on that day three, four is typically the meltdown day where like your milk's not all the way in and transitioned yet. And your baby is hungry and you're freaking exhausted. And yeah. that's really commonly the hardest day for a lot of moms. Right. And you, yeah. And you just have left the hospital. So you like are scared cause you're not supported anymore, mm-hmm. but you're also not rested. And so, oh yeah, it was a, um, that was a, that was a difficult one, but things got better very quickly after that, which is Good. nice. Mm-hmm. So when did you start noticing some other problems with Luke? Um, so he was born right before, like in, right after Thanksgiving. So, uh, we went home to my parents' house for Christmas and, um, he was just a little dude, but he just was so fussy and he was my first baby. So I didn't know, I was like, you know, is this normal? Maybe this is just what babies do, or, um, maybe this is just his disposition. I wasn't sure, but I started noticing he was having a, he was screaming when he was trying to go to the bathroom. So if he was trying to poop, he would just be, I mean, screaming, screaming, screaming. And I actually think I contacted you and you were like, yeah, that's not, babies shouldn't be like really screaming when they're using the bathroom. Um, And he was having some trouble latching. So at first I thought maybe he had thrush. So I was trying like an infant probiotic, um, but ended up really nothing came of that. Like, I don't think that's what it was. Um, And then... I started to notice some um, like mucus in his stool and the stool had like a a particular vinegary smell to it. And when I researched it, that was definitely an indication of a food intolerance. Didn't really think a whole lot of it. Can you tell us what mucus poo looks like? Um, Because I know some moms are going to be like, 
What is that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I'm trying to even remember fully. I've blocked that time. Um, but right. it, it's like, it was almost like an electric green color. So if okay. you picture like newborn poop, make it a more like pea green color. And then okay. it's definitely like if you open the diaper, you know, it's got like a stress. <laughs> it's got like, like if you blew your nose in mixed it in some electric okay. green poo that kind of consistency it's like very very notable and Nate had it a couple times but nothing abnormal according yeah. to his pediatrician and everything that was totally normal but with Luke it was so present and so um the smell I will never forget that like acidic vinegar smell it was terrible just knew something wasn't right something yeah, definitely wasn't should be right. like yellow mustardy seedy it should that yes. stick together no yeah so exactly that's a great sign something wasn't right yes and like and people would always talk about that yeasty smell maybe with like mm-hmm. and that it was not that it was definitely not that so I knew something okay. was wrong um but we were at home with my parents so it was going to be a couple weeks still before we could see our pediatrician back in Oklahoma so um yeah so we waited we just continued on our journey the other like thing that was going on at the same time as I was having some trouble um, getting him to eat. And I would try to latch him. This is part of why I thought he had thrush. I would try to latch him and then he would just scream and he would pull off and he would cry and he was like not interested in it. And later, once I got to know him a little bit better, um, I figured out it was because I was trying to feed him too frequently. So Um, I was feeding him little bits very frequently, but he was always the type of nurser who he wanted to eat on a schedule and he wanted to eat a large feeding at once. So he would eat like a feeding every three or four hours and there would be no snacking like as a pacifier or anything in between. Otherwise he would just scream. So that was an interesting discovery. Yeah. Actually my third one has been a lot like that too. Yeah. We just worked with a sleep consultant actually. And she's like, can you space out his feedings? It was related to sleep. But yeah. he has done way better when I'm not yeah. just like, oh, you're crying? Here's some milk. Right. My other two would take milk any All day, every day. day or night. You give up milk, yes. But yeah. I'm with you. Some babies just, they mm-hmm. it's just, they don't like that. And I think he just didn't like being messed with either. He was like, just put me down mm-hmm. and let me relax here. And um, so I think that was a lot of our problem too, is just kind of trying to get to know each other and learning that it is possible that a baby doesn't want to eat you know, even if offered, that was a, a revelation for me. So I did not expect. Yeah. So did you wait a couple of weeks and then go see your pediatrician when you got back to Oklahoma? I did. So I think he was about six, five or six weeks old. Then when we went to see the pediatrician and she was like, yeah, that's concerning. Definitely. Um, so they ended up having me do a stool sample, which if you've never done a stool sample on a newborn, that is a unique experience because there's not a lot like? of stool to take. It all <laughs> absorbs into the diaper. So you're yeah. like trying to pick off dried bits of like mucusy nastiness. Awesome. Um, so yes, it was very exciting. You have to like fill it up to the line. Definitely took a while. So I, um, I did that and we took it in and then we went back into the pediatrician. She was like, there's definitely something going on. And, um, it, and it was at that point, it was starting to affect his weight gain because he wasn't okay. able to absorb the nutrients that he needed, essentially. Um, so she ended up having me cut all dairy from my diet. So dairy and soy, I think, was 
was the first thing that we tried. Um, okay. He also at this time was starting to break out in pretty severe eczema on his face. Okay. And then maybe behind his knees, a couple different places on his body. Um, so, and that was like, oh, it looks so painful. Poor little guy. But um, that's, I mean, that continued and it actually Another neither sign, thing yeah. got better as we cut dairy. So then we were like, what are we going to do next? And um, through a couple of months, we worked with them. We tried cutting everything. I mean, I was on, I was eating meats and vegetables exclusively there for a while. And that was very hard because then I actually was not getting enough food. So I was starving and was losing a ton of weight. And truthfully, was like, I could not get enough fat in my body without whole dairy, um, which is a large part of my diet normally. So um, I actually think looking back that, I mean, this is all just speculation, but I think looking back, because he, he just started, he was nine pounds, three ounces when he was born. And then by the time we went to his six month checkup, after we moved here, he was in the first percentile for weight. So mm-hmm. he like completely stopped gaining weight, um, which was very scary. But I actually think it was that I don't think I was producing enough fatty milk. I think it was almost all for milk essentially because I don't think that I was taking in enough like fat and calories. I mean, that's Calorie, all, yeah. that's all my speculation, but I was doing the best I could to eat as much as I could. But when you're eating mostly vegetables, you can only, you can only get so much in. So yeah. Yeah. Yep. So that was, did you ever find tragic. out what it was that, that was bothering him? No. Um, we, we know now, I mean, we know now that he has a walnut allergy. So it could have been that I definitely was eating a lot of nuts in that time, ironically, because, um, I was trying to get fat wherever I could. So, um, he definitely has a walnut allergy now and he actually still can't drink milk. So he'll drink a two, which is a special, they sell it at like a normal grocery store, but basically cows produce an a one protein and an a two protein and a two protein is much more digestible for humans. Um, I think I'm not, don't quote me, but yeah. Basically, um, if people have milk intolerances, a lot of times it's specifically to that A1 protein structure. So he can drink this A2 protein structure with no problem. So this milk only has the A2 protein structure. And so uh, he drinks that without a problem. But if he drinks normal milk, constipated, he'll get that rash again. Really? All the same But things. you didn't notice that cutting dairy out of your diet while you were breastfeeding made a difference? Not at all. Like, not at all. And I think that... Um, Part of that was because he, uh, it can take so long for that to get out of your system and then to get out of their system. I think if I remember correctly, it was like eight weeks almost. It's a long time, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and especially for me, I'm like, that was such a prevalent part of my diet that eight weeks was a massive undertaking to, and I, I mean, I did it and I cut. I was looking at every ingredients label. If there was even a milk byproduct, it was gone. I cut everything for months. And um, it, it, I never noticed a difference. But I think in those eight weeks then, I lost so much of my fat intake that then that also started to affect things because my milk was just – I mean, I would pump and it was like there was no separation almost. Yeah. Was that hard to modify your diet so much? Did you ever feel any like resentment towards your beautiful, perfect little baby? All the time. Yeah. Um, 
I know. And it's terrible to say that, but I was miserable. I was miserable. Yeah. And I was, you know, um, when I look back at pictures from those times, it's very scary sometimes because I was so thin and so like, you, you know, you just could tell that I wasn't healthy. And so then it wasn't, it, he wasn't healthy either because, you know, it was starting for me and going to him. Um, but it did make it very, very hard. I was very unhappy for a lot of that time, which was unfortunate because a lot of it was focused around the fact that I was just really hungry. It's so sad, but yeah. Do you, gosh, I don't, that's so, that's hard because I mean, especially where you saw very little change in him, like, do you keep going this way or how long did you do that? Um, I, that's, so that's what I was going to say. I continued until he was about six months old with this okay. and we moved in that time from Oklahoma here, um, went to his new pediatrician, his new pediatrician was like, I guess, you know, probably just keep doing what you're doing. Let's see. Cause they were, you know, it was the weight gain thing. Let's see what happens. Give it a few more weeks. But then they referred me to an actual allergist. Um, mm. and the allergist told me, I walked in and I've never like been so relieved in my life because the allergist sat me down. He was like, you need to add every food back into your diet immediately. He was like the chances that, you know, first off babies outgrow allergies as they get older. So he was telling me like with milk, um, you know, a lot of times they'll outgrow it. And we obviously have seen that that's not, we're not there yet. It's gotten better through time. He's, his reaction's not as like crazy. It's like just constipation at this point. Um, but he's definitely still got like a little reaction. But he just was like, add everything back in. And as soon as I did that, life was better again. Um, at the mm-hmm. same time, Luke also was a frequent spitter. Like he would spit up all the time. And so um, he we started feeding him solids around four months just to try to weight that belly down a little bit and keep food in. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that was very helpful because it took some of the pressure off of me to be providing a hundred, you know, it was like so yeah. much in those first three, four months was on me and I felt like a failure. And even now I still carry residual guilt because I'm like, I didn't know it, but was maybe starving my baby in those times, which is very sad. Well, you and were I mean, just following the advice of the a professional right. gave you. And honestly, it's good advice. If right. your baby has the signs and symptoms that your baby had, that is also what I would advise a mother to do. Right. So right. that's a really hard place to be in. And I get that's exactly. And I can look back and tell myself that, but it's like, you know, that motherhood guilt, you always feel like you sometimes just didn't do as much as you yeah. could have or whatever. But I mean, I think they even had me off of my prenatals for a while. So I wasn't really? even taking prenatal vitamins. I wasn't taking, yeah, yeah. like nothing. No, it was, it was a lot. Um, but it's been much easier with Nate, which is nice. Good. Yeah. So after you introduced foods again, what happened with Luke? Did, did you even notice a difference there? Um, man, I'm trying to remember. No, I mean, I was definitely happier, healthier, et cetera. Sure. Um, and so he was, he was about six months. So he was definitely like eating solids at that point. And, um, nothing severe. No, like his, his belly was fine, everything. And we actually started, I think I started, I didn't go straight to cow's milk. So I started introducing like Greek yogurt 
and then I would do um, cheeses and then I would do goat's milk, stuff like that. So I kind of kept it off the whole like pure cow dairy. Um, and he actually could eat those things without a problem too. So I could feed him Greek yogurt, no problem. I could feed him okay. cheese, no problem. It was actually just milk. So once I figured that out, life was peachy because there was so much more that was an option for both of us to eat. And, um, and you know, suddenly he was getting enough fat and stuff. So he started gaining weight again, which was really nice and reassuring. So we were no longer in the first percentile. Thank goodness. Oh, oh, that's a bad yeah. place to be, isn't it? It's, it's not, stressful. It's not a fun place to be. Yeah. It's, it's not stressful. a fun place to be, especially when you're doing everything you can to try to nourish yeah. your baby. So yeah. It's Did that allergist do any testing or they did didn't. just say, put it back in your diet and let's see what happens kind of yeah, thing? Yeah. That's basically what he said. He was okay. like, we'll watch it, but add everything back in and let's just see, let's just see how it goes. Let's see what happens. Um, and I, I, I'm once again, I'm, I'm like, I'm regurgitating things from three years ago, so I might not be totally accurate, yeah. but, um, the allergist did say that testing on babies is very, very inconsistent and very unreliable. So, um, yeah, so I it wasn't, think it's like before age one or something, yeah. don't quote me on that either, but before that it's kind of a joke. Right. Um, and that's what really inaccurate too. results. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah. So the first time we actually took him to the allergist, he was over two. And that was because I had noticed a reaction to walnuts specifically. So they tested for that. Okay. But, um, but the milk one, I mean, it didn't even come back as an allergy. So <laughs> okay. when they tested for He's it He's definitely later, sensitive to it though, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely has a intolerance to the protein, but it was not like it did not show up on any of the, any of the tests or anything. So, um, okay. We've just kind of been taking that one as parents, like watching, you know, doing what we can to watch when we're home um, and see what the reactions are. But as far as like actual allergic reactions, nothing. So that was fascinating. Yeah. I think there's also some difference between like a true allergy and And an intolerance and and an intolerance. And I'm not an expert there, so I couldn't even tell you. Me neither. um, Yeah. I'm not, it doesn't shock me that something didn't come back on the allergy test, although it yep. does affect him in a negative way. Yeah. And I think you're right on, like you said, doing the parent thing and just yep. trusting your own gut, you know, your kid best and yes. just yeah. going with what you and know. And you're around them enough to, um, you know, see reactions to different things. Oh, he, his grandparents maybe gave him a cup of milk and interesting the next day he can't go to the bathroom or like yeah. just, you know, um, kind of that, like by life data that we can gather. And so that's been super helpful and has worked for us through the, through the older years, I would say, but yeah. yeah. <sighs> Good times. Um, let's see. How, how long did you breastfeed Luke? Were you still breastfeeding when you got pregnant with Nate? No, I breastfeed or breastfed, um, Luke until 13 months. He self weaned. Um, so like very seriously, kind of, like I said, he was a very, still is to this day, he liked a schedule. So I would feed him five times a day for the majority of his little breastfed journey life. And it would be a seven o'clock feeding, a 10 o'clock feeding, a one o'clock feeding, a four o'clock feeding, and a set another, like a bedtime feeding basically, um, at seven. And then he would sleep through the night. Um, and we did that 
probably up until about nine or 10 months. But then he started like not wanting some of the daytime feeds. So he, I think it was the four o'clock went first, maybe. Okay. Yeah. He just didn't want it anymore. And then the 10 o'clock went, didn't want it anymore. So eventually we got down to just the three feedings. And then by like 10 months, I could not get him to nurse more than morning and night, which was kind of hard because I was like, what am I going to give you to drink? What do you, you know? So I ended up yeah. actually, I can't remember. I think I used, cause also I couldn't give him general formulas or anything because of all of these issues. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I, and I didn't have enough, um, like milk to pump well. So I can't remember actually what I ended up doing with him. I think my pediatrician maybe had us do some goat formula or goat's milk stuff. Um, and I would give him that during the day, just when he was like having a meal, he would have that in a sippy cup and, um, but he, some extra calories. Yeah. 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 He totally was just losing interest in it. And, um, so I kept, and then even the bedtime feed dropped off around 11 months, 12 months. And then, so I kept that morning feed. He would do that one well. And around 13 months, my grandmother passed away and I had to go to her funeral, but I left, um, Luke with my in-laws for the, like two days that I was gone. So we just ended up weaning during that time. And he, yeah. he never looked back. He was like, all right, well, bye. See you later. I didn't even want that anyway. So. Yeah. He was like, I don't need yeah. you anymore. Bye bye. I'm an independent boy now. So, um, we'll see, we'll see with Nate how it is. We've eight months and he's much more, he eats on a schedule, but he's much more willing to be flexible with it than Lukey was. So, yeah. um, I don't, and he's much more cuddly, I would say. So there's a chance that he maybe will nurse a little bit longer, but, um, yeah, that 13 month mark with Luke, he was like, bye. See ya. Don't need you. Was that hard for you or were you kind of okay to be done with that part of your relationship there? It was bittersweet. I would say I was, um, it had been a hard journey. And so I was like proud of myself for making it like I did. I was relieved to finally have my body back in a way that, um, I could have autonomy suddenly over what I ate. It didn't, what suddenly I felt like what I did did not affect him as much. So, you know, I could eat whatever I wanted and it would not negatively affect him. Whereas before it was like, I constantly was carrying worry and guilt that what I was eating or what I was doing was going to negatively impact him. Um, but so suddenly I could eat whatever I wanted and I could wear whatever I wanted and I didn't have to like have a dress that unbuttoned. And, um, so it was like a relief, but also, you know, it's always sad to move your child up in a milestone. It especially was sad for me then because Thomas was deployed again. then. Um, of course he was. Yes. He ever he's home? Al- he's right. always gone. Um, so yeah. he was gone then. Um, he was gone from when Luke was six months old to 15 months old. And, So it, uh, was hard for me a little bit to, you know, like those first six months we would, we would all lay in bed together on the weekends while I fed Luke and, you know, we'd cuddle and it was just that sweet family time. And so suddenly it was like a little sad to realize that we would never have that like in bed nursing experience again with him and that Tom had missed so many of them. And then would come back and he'd be a, he'd be like, he wouldn't even be a, a breastfed baby anymore. He would just be like a normal 15 month old. So toddler, yeah, yeah, toddler running around and doing his, doing his little thing. So it was bittersweet for those, but mostly I was like, we made it. 
There's some really awesome things that come with the weaning process. I yeah. What you say, I feel 100% too, that I can eat whatever I want and I don't care anymore. And the clothes. Yes. Oh, to not have to stress that you can you. get in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody prepares you for the reality that like breastfeeding, you know, I joke that I have clothes I haven't worn it in years because I'm either pregnant or breastfeeding and you can't, there are certain dresses or certain tops and stuff that you just, you, you just can't wear. You just can't wear. So, um, I'm like, I've given so much of that stuff away. Cause I'm like, I'm not going to be able to wear this for the foreseeable future. I'm either pregnant or nursing. Um, so it's, it's a challenge. It's definitely its own, its yeah. own experience in that regard too. So how was Nate? Was he a little bit easier for you? From oh, the get-go? Oh, so easy. So he was born. Um, and so both of my babies were induced also and super late. And they were both very big. And they're just, I don't know, that's it fits their personality. Yes, thinkers. Um, but Nate was born and that kid latched himself within 10 minutes of being born. I'm not even kidding. Wow. He, yeah, yeah, he was like hanging out and then he was like, you know, worked his little way over there and just latched on instantly. Mm-hmm. And it was a great latch. And, um, I still had the same issues as far as like tender nipples and, yeah. you know, sore stuff You'd like that. You'd think that was better the second time around, oh, it's but not. it's really not. You're it, still going to you, have your that Your nipples go back to normal pretty quickly. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, then yeah. you have the next one for sure. Yes. Yeah, so, um, yeah, no, it was, it was, you still have those two weeks of like, cringing a little bit when they latch on because it hurts, but, um, but it gets so much better so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but he latched on, he ate really well. He, he gained weight really well. Um, he's like maintained basically steady percentiles and stuff the whole time. I haven't had to cut any foods, which is nice. So I got to have the experience of what it feels like to be able to nurse while you feel really healthy. I just also, I didn't have the blood loss after he was born that I did with Luke. Um, So I think I started in a little bit of a better place as far as like health and nourishment too. Um, But yeah, no, it's been super like by the book, I guess I would say. Awesome. Um, Met with a lactation consultant once in the hospital, but beyond that, especially with COVID, like we just didn't, we couldn't. And then we also just didn't need to as much this time around, which was, um, reassuring as well. But also with Nate, I had the first experience of being able to like pump very fruitfully, I would say when he was younger. So, um, I would do a pumping after he went to bed most nights. Um, and I could usually get like six to eight extra ounces. I I have since stopped that, but, um, that was such a confidence boost for me. Because after Luke, when I was like just struggling to produce and everything, it was so reassuring to be able to see this nice, like fatty milk in excess that then I could put in the freezer for a rainy day kind of a thing. So that was very reassuring. Um, and I loved my breast pump this time, which was nice compared to what last did you have? time. I had the LB. So that's, <gasps> did you like it? Yes, I did. And it, you know, you like don't okay. have any wires. I could go downstairs and clean the kitchen or watch TV or do whatever. And I wasn't attached to anything. So, um, it was so, so, awesome. so much nicer than just having to be like stationary and hooked up. And, um, 
Yeah, and it just would sit in your bra, and it was great. And then also I had I my – I also love the LV. Yes, so I had my cool. first experience using a haka. That's how you pronounce yeah. that, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And because um, I don't – I never have a lot of, like, leaking or anything – um, so I never really needed to use breast pads. So I didn't actually know if it was going to work for me at first because I was like, well, maybe I don't have a strong enough letdown. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but it did. And so at first, I don't, like I said, I don't use it anymore. We've like stabilized so much in our amounts, but, um, those first few months I could catch an ounce or two each feeding. And that was like a nice little added bonus. <laughs> So, yeah. Um, so were you able to leave Nate a little bit since you had some milk in the freezer? I would have been able to, but I wasn't as willing to with Nate as I was with Luke. Yeah. I was much more, and I think it was just because I was in a better mental place. I was much more um, willing to just take Nate on my adventures with me, if that okay. makes sense. Like, I think I just yeah. adapted to what it means to be mom. So if we are going to the grocery store, I just strap him to me and... Luke brings his Luke size shopping cart and we just all roll out. Whereas with Luke, I had to have like really to do grocery shopping and stuff. Thomas had to come with me for the first six months. I wasn't able to do it on my own fully. It just was too, too many moving pieces, too much chaos, but I did have to get some dental work done early on in, um, Nadie's little little life. And so um, uh, I was, yeah. yeah, I was able to leave him and he stayed with my mom. She gave him bottles, no problem. And just, it was fine. And then also, cool. you know, they were like, you should probably pump and dump for two days. I didn't do it. Didn't do it. Um, yeah. I don't blame you. A lot of the, they usually it's are way over cautious. Right. I don't so, think they realize how much of a burden that actually is. Yes. Especially and- with a little teeny tiny baby. And, and I didn't want him to, um, like lose interest in nursing in those couple of days. So, um, the dentist was the one who told me you probably should pump and dump. But then I checked in with a lactation consultant and his pediatrician and everything. And they all were like, no, you don't need to at this age. So I didn't just decide not to, but I tried to do my due diligence to make sure that that was an okay choice. And, um, and they were like, no problem. You don't have to do that anymore. I think that's great because moms hear this a lot, especially from like an anesthesiologist or a dentist or something who's like not really trained in breastfeeding and they want to be cautious and they should be. Yeah. Um, but yeah. if you get a second opinion, if you're not comfortable with the advice given to you right? Um, from someone who's trained in lactation and you may avoid yourself a lot of right struggles and heartache. Yes. And I'd much prefer them to be over cautious versus under cautious. I totally agree. So yeah. I appreciated the dentist looking out for me, but then also I was glad that I had those people I could reach out to and be like, "Is do I need to do this? Is this? And and so that was helpful. Also just being willing to reach out and advocate for yourself and say, um, like I have this going on and I need, I need some opinions. So I think that is something that you just have to get really comfortable doing too. Yeah. Well said. So. Well said. Can you tell us while we kind of wrap things up here, I would love to know what you thought the hardest part of breastfeeding was for you. Um, And then I'm also going to ask you what the best part was. So let's start with the hard stuff. Um, The hardest part for me definitely was that like food insensitivity. I just, it consumed me for so long. And um, like I said, even to this day, I do, whether it's justified or not, I just harbor some guilt over it because I feel like 
I was starving my baby for so long, you know, and whether or not that's accurate or not, it just, it's that like that motherhood thing. You just want to do the best for your baby that you can. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Um, the best part is definitely just there. I'm going to give you a couple of best parts. Actually, the best part obviously (laughs) is the bond. Like you can't recreate that. You know, there's nothing sweeter than when I'm like feeding Nate in the morning and then he just smiles while he's eating. You know what I mean? They look up at you and they smile and they stroke your face. And, um, it's just such a sweet little bond. Also the convenience. It is so easy. Once you get the hang of it, it is so much easier to just be out and pull your shirt up than it is to like have to have bottles, have to have formula, make sure you, it's just when you're not breastfeeding, it's just one more thing to forget to me. I can't forget yeah. my boobs. So <laughs> they come with me everywhere. Right. Um, so do you find it's also easier at night? Um, so both what's your of, night schedule? Like, yeah, both of my babies have slept through the night very early on. Um, cool. so I don't do many night feedings. I mean, I, I think both of them before they were one month old were like sleeping long stretches, but if on the occasional night they won't wake up, it's super easy to just go get Nate and chill and feed him. And then he's, Oh, you're so lucky. They sleep so well. (laughs) That's not the norm. I know, but but they both have. They're just doing that and gaining weight. It's like, okay. Yeah. I think too. And you know, they both were so big when they were born and then they claim that that is part of it possibly. But, um, I I didn't ask questions. I just took it and was like, "This is good for You're my like, mental health." I'm not gonna wake you up. <laughs> I'm not gonna You're wake fine. you up. You know? um, and <laughs> so it was it was fine. And even with Luke, when he wasn't gaining weight, the pediatricians were like, "He's fine to sleep at night." So um, yes, but so on the off chance though that Nate wakes up or that um, like he was sick a couple weeks ago, had a little fever, and yeah. so I would go in during the night and give him some medicine and check his temperature and. Um, all of that. And then it was just, it's so easy. You don't have to go downstairs. You don't have to make a bottle. You're just right there. You snuggle them in and um, give them a little top off and he's good to go. So that's definitely, definitely nice. It makes it a little harder to do things like leave for, you know, if you're leaving them at daycare, if you're having to run an errand or something, um, or even like if you have something to go to during bedtime, especially uh, you'd you definitely either they have to be able to like you have to be able to pump milk or you have to be there kind of a thing so or formula um but that definitely makes it harder you're on call more for sure so yeah for quite a while for a year or two or whatever yeah yeah so yes so that part's challenging but for the most part the good way outweighs the bad Right. Yeah. I I agree. Yeah. You, mostly. Yes. Uh, on the on the days. And I've had some hard experiences and I still would yeah. would recommend it a hundred percent. Um, because those good things really are beneficial. Also, it's so nice when your baby is sick to know. Like you feel so yes. reassured when they're sick that you have something you can do for them. Especially mm-hmm. when they're so little and you can't you don't really want to and you can't really give them medicine. Um you know, you have that, that way to protect them, which especially was comforting during COVID, whether or not it really yes, I agree. makes a difference. Um, I don't know, but you know, I just always felt like he at least had that going for him and protecting him. And even Luke got sick once over the summer and I actually pumped a little bit and gave him a couple ounces in a cup while he was sick. And 
uh, number one, he didn't know it was breast milk, but he drank it. And he was like, this milk has syrup in it. And he thought it was like the best thing. But it also, it helped. I mean, he was sick, sick, sick. And then once I gave him the breast milk, he was better in a day. So whether or not it's coincidence, hey, I'll leave up to the we're audience. Gonna, but... We're going to take it. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So that was, that's an added, an added little pro. But. All right. Last question for you here. Yes. Is there any piece of advice that you think would be helpful for a new mom, maybe who's planning to breastfeed, or maybe she's right in that hard part, anything that you'd like to share with, with listeners? Um, I think that the best thing that, um, I could tell a new mom is number one, it gets, it's hard at first. It just, it does not come naturally necessarily. And it is hard at first, but it gets better quickly. So it doesn't feel like it in the time when you're at day four, you're like, Oh no, my life will never be the same again, but you're going to get yes. two weeks in and your life will start to feel the same again. Like you're going to actually start to get in a rhythm and get in a routine and it doesn't take long. It takes a couple of weeks, um, in theory, but, uh, the other thing is that I, th- I think education is really important. So before you get to night four and you're at home alone, trying to figure it out, crying, etc., you know, really advocate for yourself up front and try to go in at least virtually get a breastfeeding class, speak to lactation consultants, have a lactation consultant's phone number to right. be able to reach out and ask questions. Um, like, I think that stuff is very critical because it will make it troubleshooting easier later, even if you're taking those classes, never having had a baby before. So. Yeah, that's excellent advice. I love that. I have an online breastfeeding course for anyone that needs one that isn't able to find one locally, yes. especially now where we're in COVID times right. and stuff. Is yeah. Hard. Like our hospital was not offering any. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's been really common for moms. Yep. But the very last section of that course is how to find your resources. And I encourage you to make a list and get phone numbers because in the middle of the night and you're like, I got to call someone at seven in the morning. You don't want to be trying to scrounge up. You're exhausted. And it will always happen at 2 a.m. Like, oh, you bet it will. The issue Mm -hmm. will always come up in the middle of the night. So it's just that's the rule of it. So um, having those resources on hand to reach out it's critical. You can't, and having the knowledge, the, like a little bit to draw back to, to be like, Oh, okay, this is normal. Maybe this is what's going on. You can't emphasize enough how important that is. So thank you so much, Caroline. I feel like your story is like a lot of moms. It wasn't like overly unique, but I think, yeah, these are the real life things that moms are going through. And every mom has hard times in one area or another. And so thank you so much for sharing that. Anytime. Yeah. Actually, when I would talk to my friends about it too, it was amazing to hear how many of them were like, oh my gosh, I actually had to go through that too. I, you know, I didn't know what to do. I didn't whatever. And I mean, I don't have the answers per se, but, um, sometimes it is nice to know you're not the only one. So that's reassuring and that you can keep pushing forward through it and yeah, and it will be great. Yep. Thanks for having me. Yay, this was so fun. Yes. You can find some links and helpful stuff down in the show notes of this episode. And I hope that we will see you on the next one. Don't forget to subscribe on wherever you're listening. And thanks again, Caroline, so much. It was so much fun today. Thanks, guys. Have a good one.